This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk episode 23. Um, we've finally, finally got a win. Two games without a win it was. It feels like a, a lot longer. I think it's probably because we keep having games stopped for for one reason or another. But anyway, I've got three brilliant guests with me today. Um, starting off, Callum Bucock, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not so bad, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, thank you. I'm doing all right. Rob, Gregory is the other man. I just went to introduce you like I hadn't introduced you yet. Hello, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I thought you forgot my surname, Jake. To be honest, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, buddy. Good to be on again. Looking forward to talking Rams. Top man, top man. And uh, last and least, uh, Dominic Dietrich. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on at last minute, mate. How are you? No problem. Been looking forward to it all week, uh, and yeah, ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Now we've got two, I was going to say two good games to talk about. We haven't got two good games to talk about. We've got about 45 minutes of good football to talk about uh, and and a lot more of, of bad football to talk about. We'll start off with Lincoln. Um, obviously, everyone listening knows what happened there. It, it wasn't fun. It wasn't the best away day. I know Rob was at the game. Uh, so Rob, I'll, I'll come to you first. I mean, describe your feelings overall. How do you think it went? I think it was the first time this season where we turned up with an arrogance that we thought we probably were going to be the better side. And actually, we got found out. I think they diamond lad for them was pretty good. Other than that, I think, you know, we should have been, we should have been winning that game. And it, it was just disappointing to see that, really. Having not seen that, really, this season, it did feel like we turned up and, and kind of weren't matching the work rate of Lincoln and therefore just got found out on the day. Um and it went on, obviously, Barkhaz's chance was huge, but we just didn't, you couldn't have possibly said we deserved to win that game, I think. Even with the pub performance, we could have come away with a point, but you left there a bit despondent after the way we'd lost to Plymouth and then going into Lincoln game. You know, obviously, there was a bit of negativity in the crowd to in particular, like, but you can understand it a little bit. I think it's probably a sign of how far we've come in not a lot of time. But, yeah, going into this Saturday, obviously, a few nerves because we needed to win. After those two results, we really needed to win. And then we go behind again. So delighted to have come out of yesterday with three points. But yeah, in terms of Lincoln, you left there pretty despondent in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll get on to some of the better stuff later on. Um, Callum, we saw makeshift right-back Jason Knight sort of show a few flaws for maybe the first time this season against Lincoln. 
Uh, he gave the penalty away. It was it was a bit of a naive challenge. Probably didn't need to make it. Player was going away from goal. Um, he struggled, didn't he, against Lincoln? I mean, yeah, I think it's the first game that went since he's been moved to the right back position um, where he's been found out. I think um, he's been for someone who's not really played there much, um, he's been really, really good this season, quite reliable, but it was the first game where um, you probably saw that naivety and like unreliability in that position. Um, I thought the penalty was just something that I think that he'd quickly want to get out of his mind and and, that, and it quite put, it puts on the back foot quite quickly, to be honest, um, mm. which then meant that we're chasing the game in a game that we should really be and trying to get that first goal, I think, away from home at the moment, first goal's key. And um, obviously going down with the penalty is not ideal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you mentioned there the first goal's key. I think any goal would be be key at the minute away from home. I don't, we haven't scored yet in, in the league. Uh, Dom, I mean, does it, does it concern you a little bit? Um, you know, we've played quite a few away games now. We've sold out every single game. Atmosphere has been good, apart from probably second half against Lincoln. It must be getting tough for the players, mustn't it? Knowing that they're coming into games and the pressure must really be on. Yeah, I think the Lincoln City game is probably the first game in which you've actually seen the, the confidence drain out of the team throughout the 90 minutes as it happened. They did actually make a good start to the game. Inside the first 10, 12 minutes before the penalty, they, they were on top, they looked quite comfortable. And then the minute that happened, you, you did see them all shrink a little bit and the crowd got on top of them and fair play to Lincoln. And I don't think it's any um, coincidence that their loudest fans were right next to Jason Knight in the first half and you know maybe rattled him a little bit in terms of his performance. But um, yeah, it was one of them where Curtis Davis came out and said it to us after the game and, and said they let the fans down uh, again. And I think the, the disappointing aspect for, for Derby County fans would have been the fact that it was a defeat against Plymouth. They had 10 days in between. And then that was the result of, of that 10 days, which was probably the biggest concern um, from a supporter's perspective. But look, you, I don't want to be that person that talks about the stats, but like, I speak to Rossini and, and he, he used to the stats a lot. And it's hard to argue with them when you look at the, the average goals for, the expected goals um, against Derby County at the top for expected goals or second for expected goals for away from home um, and then they're the bottom of expected goals against so the way he looks at it is over a sample size of 46 games surely that's going to come good but then it, you put it down to the finishing in and around the penalty area look what it took on Saturday for to get two goals at, at Pride Park two great strikes from Conor Harahan <laughs> that seems to be what it's going to take for for anyone in this Derby side at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, you spoke about our expected goals and probably the, the biggest XG moment of the game, uh, without sounding like uh, an athletic journalist, uh, was probably Tom Barkhausen's chance just after he came on. Ball comes across the box. He can put it either side, ends up putting it pretty much straight down the middle, which is probably the story of Derby season so far away from home. Um, Rob, I mean... Don mentioned there, and we'll get on to Wickham later on and, and the two goals that Hurahan did score. We always seem to miss the easy chances, don't we? The easy chances never seem to hit the back of the net. Yeah, you've got you've got to feel for James Collins in this conversation as well, because 
I mean, his work rate yesterday was was tremendous. His work rate generally throughout the season has been has been high. He's definitely. I don't know whether he's lacking some finesse around the box or some confidence or something's not quite in his game. I mean, I saw some stat that he's he's right up there with the top scorers in the EFL over the last period of five years or something like that. He's he's clearly got that, but we just clearly are missing a finishing touch in, into our team. I think everything else is there. And if you take kind of Lincoln out of the, the, the games, we've really bossed most of the games and you couldn't have really argued if we'd have come away with maximum points. Plymouth, all right, okay, we've, we've kind of... Edge that, but I'm talking in terms of we were 2 0 up, we lost 3 2. The rest of the games, we could have come away with maximum points, and it is purely because we've not scored enough goals. Um, like you say, the XG is there, we're just lacking something, and it's hard to kind of pinpoint exactly what that is. You know, we kind of need a bit of a break in front of goal. Everyone keeps saying it, that I talk to the fans that at some point it will come right and we're we'll going to turn someone over, but kind of waiting for that game now, best part of 10 games in, and it's not happened. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed at some point it clicks. And I think probably then we will see that result happen. Yeah, yeah. I hope you're right, mate. I hope you're right. Um, I think it's it's a tough one, isn't it? And I, I hope Rosinia over the next couple of weeks has got all the players in practising finishing from about six yards because <laughs> that's our, our biggest weakness, you know, in every single game so far. And, yeah, it, it, it you've just got to hope it will come. I know I'm one of those that said, I'm sure we've all said it. It's it's coming. It's coming. We're going to batter someone. Yeah. This is, this yeah, is yeah. the week. You know, we're going to win 8 nil this week. And it just hasn't happened. And I think ah, it, it's just hard, isn't it? It's it's hard. And as the games go by, the pressure is going to mount more and more. Um, I think it's just good that at the minute we're still in and around those playoff places. Because, you know, with the team we have, that's probably about, about where we maybe should be. Mm-hmm. Um one final thing from Lincoln, um, Dom, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you. It, it was a tough game. Um, you know, there were some moments at the end that, that probably weren't the best between the supporters and the players. Uh, how important is it that throughout the season, the supporters, the players and everyone stays on the same page? Um, I mean, incredibly important. You look at how much in a completely different scenario last season that benefit the squad and you look how much they bought into it. It brought out the, the the personal characters that we see and love week in, week out, like Aaron Cashin with his celebration yesterday. <laughs> last season brought confidence out of some of those younger players and that connection really helped them feel comfortable in front of the supporters. I think that's a really nice thing about the football club at the moment. I think what you've got to be careful of is, and I know there are a couple of situations with Curtis Davis going over to the fans after Curtis Davis is honestly probably one of the only people you can absolutely say nothing about. He, he stepped into the game, um, maybe not at his 100%, comes into the back line and, and does a job for the club. He's been put in that scenario. Granted, he didn't have his best game and he'll admit that. He did admit that after the game. But you've got to be really careful and take stock in those moments, I think. That of, of who you've got in front of you and the characters and, and what they went through last season for the football club, what they've been through over the summer for the football club. And also, you know, look, they're, they're trying to do their best for the team this season. So I think it's just about taking stock. But football's emotional, it's reactionary. Um, and that's why we love it. So, look, I mean, there's an argument for and against all of these things, but the connection's key. Rossini, you saw how passionate he is about keeping that lives in Alistair, lives and breathes the football club. Look, it, it's going to stay there and results will only help that. Let's hope so. And yeah, spot on. Yeah, you speak very well, mate. You should probably try and get a job in radio or 
or something like that. <laughs> All right. on fences. <laughs> <laughs> as always, as always. Right, let's get on to a game that was actually fun. Um, we, well, kind of. Wickham, first 45 minutes. Sorry, I said fun a bit too early. First 45 minutes, not great. Uh, it, you know, as, as far as first halves go for Derby this season, it's probably right down at the bottom of the pile, probably just above Lincoln. Uh, it wasn't great. Went 1-0 down due to some, I'd, I'd say, questionable defending, questionable decision-making from pretty much everyone across the back line. And we trialled a new system, the back three. Um, Callum, how do you think that went? Yeah, not too bad. I think the, the first initial reaction when we went 1-0 down, I was like, I said, I turned to my mate and said, I, I, I reckon we're going to do a Plymouth and come back and win, <laughs> win this. Um, but no, um, it, it was interesting because um, it looked like Chester was playing a right back almost like the, the, as a back four. And then when uh, I think Rossini said it in um, the post-match interview with Ed and they said, when we're going forwards, it, it turned into a back three and we're kind of pushing that left-hand side up. So it was quite interesting to see a different way we're playing. But I, I think it just, the biggest thing and the difference that I saw is that it opened up the central midfield tenfold that gave Conor Horahan so much more time on the ball. Um, which then many could actually do his magic. I think against Plymouth, we've been well, the last couple of games, we've been overrun so much in terms of just just legs uh, and having the bodies against us in midfield. So I think the fact that we've uh, that well, the new system managed to at least resolve that aspect of it meant that we could have our ball playing central midfielders actually you know, get on the ball as they should. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And to be honest, in the first half, I think we did struggle a little bit in the middle, didn't we? You know, you spoke about legs there and I, I honestly at times couldn't work out exactly who was playing where because it <laughs> seems to be Knight, Sibley, Bird, Hurrahan, all of them were sort of kind of hovering around the same sort of positions for a lot of the game. And it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? You know, the, the Bird and Hurrahan playing together thing that's come out recently and I say come out but everyone's saying it you know it's can they play together I I think we're starting to see maybe not you know it it, it's it's strange that two players with such ability is is they're basically our our Gerard and Lampard aren't they um which is probably a a very outrageous comparison uh when you look at them no but you're spot you're spot on (laughs) i think i think you look at if you think like you said we've got two players who ball playing wise in the league are probably the two one of the two best and at the end of the day it's putting two square pegs in round holes at the end of the day you 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 can't play well it seems that you can't play them together because they want to take the same positions up and um when you when we introduced a knight in there to win the ball back, it meant that you know one of them could get on the ball. I think that we've seen that Horahan's been able to get on the ball a little bit more when Bird was off the pitch. Mm. Um, so, and it's a shame because I, I'm a big Bird fan like yourself, Jake. So, mm. yeah, they're, they're not the they're not the same player at all in terms of the way they play. Right? So, no, <laughs> let's, no, let's be honest. There is a world where that. Those two can play mm. a midfield together. There is, let's be honest. Yeah, and it's about finding that. Max Bird is deeper. He doesn't get anywhere near as uh, near the edge of the box as much as Conor Harahan does, and he doesn't have Conor Harahan's left foot from the edge of the box um, that we saw so well yesterday. There is a there is a world where they can fit in together, but it's just about finding it. And 
we spoke on, on BBC Radio Derby after the game and I was speaking to Adam Boulder about it and I said, is that going to be Liam Rossini's biggest challenge this season, getting the best out of Max Bird again? And I think it could be. I think it could be. Um, we know, you know, everyone looked at the midfield at the start of the season and said, wow, that is, that is going to be incredible in League One. So look, give it time. I'm sure Max Bird will, <laughs> will find his fit foot, footing again. I hope so. I hope so. I, I think mm. it's it's one of those where, yeah, you're right. They aren't the same player, but putting them together, finding that balance is the tough bit. Mm. And I think it probably doesn't help that neither of them are blessed with exceptional pace. You know, neither of them have the the lungs that Jason Knight has. And yeah, it, it's all about that balance. And and Rob, I was about to ask you and everyone else has answered the question uh, for me. Do, do you think it's possible sooner rather than later that we do kind of strike that balance? Possible. I mean, I think, just alluding to what the guys have said, really, they're not the same player, but there are similarities, unquestionable similarities. And I think, obviously, we've thrown a bit of a team together as well. You've got to kind of consider everything. I'm real pro receiving you. I think he's done a fantastic job. And I think that Lincoln situation with the fans is a sign of how far we've come. When you look at that situation in terms of this question, it just does take a little bit of time to kind of find the system. And probably what Rossini is going to have to do with those two is either kind of find a system that works for those two that might not work for everybody else and build that round, or clearly the system that he's trying to employ, deploy, should I say, isn't necessarily the right one for those two or hasn't been able for those two to kind of express themselves in the best way. I think what we, we've got to see more of, obviously, is Horain around the box. Sorry, Oxford, we saw it yesterday. Clearly, that's we've, we've got to make the most of that. And for me, I'm, I'm also quite a big fan of getting Jason Knight back into midfield in some form. I just think he's wasted at right back. So again, trying to fit all that into an equation isn't easy, is it? But I think he clearly hasn't just got it quite right yet. However, fair play to him. He's had a hell of a kind of card dealt to him. He's, he's done well to get to where he's got to. I think it's just going to take a little bit longer. And hopefully this break might give him time to, to work on a few of that, a few of those things. Jay, when you look at going into the game yesterday, Colin Harahan has created the second most chances in League One. So clearly getting something out of Harahan in the midfield, but it's just about Max Bird and, and as you say, that challenge of, of getting the best out of him. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly it, isn't it? Is, you know, Harahan's creating the chances. Um, obviously, that'll be skewed a little bit by set pieces that he takes. But yeah, it, it's completely right. He, he's creating chances left, right and centre. I mean, how many of those early crosses can you remember that have sort of fallen right in that danger area for the likes of Collins or Barkhausen to attack that we just haven't taken. So, yeah, I think that's it. And I think I think we're all sort of in agreement that it's just finding that balance, isn't it? And, you know, maybe this back three system might be the way forwards. Um, I don't know if Barkhausen will enjoy his wing-back role for, uh, for very long. Um, I think, to be honest, he actually looked quite good yesterday in it. Um, but I know he spoke before the season started about how much he hates it. So uh, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. Um, but another player that came on, I have no idea whether he played wing back, whether he played on the wing, whether he was a right forward. Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, he, he wasn't fit. Um, he wasn't meant to play. He, he forces himself pretty much onto the bench. Uh, I wouldn't say no to him if he was uh, trying to trying to get me to do anything because he's a very scary man. And yeah, gets himself on the bench, comes off the bench, and Callum, what an impact he made! It's I, I just love his directness. I think we haven't had a winger that's been that direct for for a couple of seasons. I think Lawrence was probably the most similar, but he played obviously best centrally. But I think the impact that he came yesterday was tenfold 
when you look at him coming down the the line and uh, like I said, taking on one on one defenders. I think every time I've when I've been there and he's gone one v one, you you kind of you know he's going to get past him, uh, especially against League One defenders. Um, and the the character that he's obviously done behind the scenes to say I want to be on the bench when he's not fully fit, painkillers and all or whatever, um, says that when you look at before when we signed him, all the critics from past his past clubs like Cardiff fans and, and all that saying that his end product's not any good and he's 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 had his past his sell by dates and all that. I think we're getting the benefits of that. So I think that Rosinha's getting a tune out of him and uh we're we're getting the benefits. Yeah. And you can clearly see he loves it here, can't you? You know, every single Instagram I think he commented on every Instagram post from every player <laughs> from the game yesterday. And you know, it sounds silly, but like that's the sort of thing, isn't it? He he's loved and he loves everyone in the team. And I think that does make a huge impact. You know, when players are happy, they play better. It, it's it sounds obvious, it sounds silly, but it's true. And yeah, having a, a happy Mendes Lang certainly makes the the supporters happier as well. Uh, especially when he put it through that bloke's legs towards the end of the game. That was that was special. But Dom, what do you want to say, mate? Well, t- I, I, it's just quite interesting on the Mendes Lang thing because I spoke to him in pre-season and he was talking about how happy he is since he joined the club. And you always hear that from players when you do these interviews that you know they're really happy to be here, happy to play for the manager. But he spoke about the freedom Liam Rossini gives him to to play. And I don't know if you've watched the. We are Derby documentary, um, but in the team meeting, there's the, the bit with Rossini where he, he tells Mendes Lang, when you've got a player isolated, just go round him. And he, he shows the clip of Mansfield. And that's exactly what Mendes Lang will want. Um, and when I was at Moor Farm the other day, uh, chatting to Tom Barkhouse and Mendes Lang came over and there's a proper good feeling about like just those two. Like He came into the interview and had a laugh, then walked away. And like a couple of the players were about, it's just a real feel-good insight into, into the squad. And I do think they're all just really enjoying it. And I genuinely think they, they, want, they want it to go well so, so much uh, for the club. And as you mentioned, um, commenting on everything, really getting behind everyone. Um, but he's had a tough time in the, in the past. So this must be uh, a, a, lease, a new lease of life for him. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And yeah, we did pick up when we've spoken about it on the podcast before. We picked up a bit of a reputation of being that team that sort of brings in broken players and, and nurses them back to health. And it seems that way. And I don't think it's just us. I think Mendes Lang has been a huge part of that as well. So yeah, can only look good. And I guess we should probably talk about it. We should talk about both of them because both of them were pretty good finishes. Conor Horahan scored two goals. You know, he, he looks unstoppable at times, doesn't he? You, you you give him time, space, anything on that left foot and he'll score. And it was funny, my mates were, were telling me during the game, they were saying he never seems to shoot. And that's because when he shoots, it goes in. So he always seems to make it count. And and Rob, I mean, first goal was phenomenal. Second goal was a great finish as well. Yeah, it was. He took them both really well. I mean, the first one, that Oxford S, but he just guides it into the top corner. It's a bit of a... You'd expect him to go across the other one, really, with the left foot, but he just kind of whips it down the post. And the second one, yeah, just pinball stuff, but it just shows his quality, really. I, he's, he's hit laces, but he's obviously got that composure to just aim for a spot and get, and get it right in the bottom corner. Again, go back to Lincoln, a bit of a disappointing free kick, and he started to question whether kind of his confidence was going down, but yesterday we've done him no end of good um, in terms of... I think he is going to be the talisman for us that kind of pulls us through. Clearly got probably the highest quality level in the team, probably the most experienced in the team. So we need him firing and, 
and two fantastic finishes yesterday for sure. Mm, yeah, and Dom, I mean, you know, we we know what Conor Horan's about, don't we? Yeah, we've seen him in the Premier League, we've seen him in the Championship. Uh, he came in with a big reputation, and he is delivering, isn't he? He is. Um, and can we just talk about the timing of that first goal? Like, the goose <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the national anthem finishes, God Save the King is read out, and he lets fly, and the sun in the stadium. It was it was perfect. It was it was ridiculous. He couldn't have timed it better. Um, I know there's a few videos going around on social media a bit, but it was absolutely class. Uh, but look, he's he's been, I think, as a character as well as on the pitch, he's been vital to this group. Um, his his almost maturity levels, his experience, his know-how, his knowledge of the football league as well, because he's, he's been through it. Um, he knows exactly what they're after. Um, and I was, I was listening to a podcast he was on um, a couple of years ago after he left Aston Villa. He did an Aston Villa podcast and he always spoke about his dream of, of playing in the Premier League and how he wanted to play at that level for as long as he could. But to have dropped down to League One, that's what almost surprised me the most. But you can, it's clear as day to, to see what he's about and see what he brings to that group. Um, and I just wonder how much he'll be able to help Max Bird through this tricky period because I'm sure he will have gone through very similar things throughout his career. But it is going to be hard for Conor Harahan as well because when his name comes expectation and when he does have a dip and when there are moments like the Plymouth game, when there's nights like Lincoln City, a lot of the attention will be looking at the likes of him, Dave McGoldrick, whether they're living up to their name, their reputation. And he carries that with ease. And when you hear him speak, he's so articulate. And yeah, uh, really impressed. Yeah, yeah, he's very articulate, but his voice does catch me out every single time. <laughs> I think we've got a few players where their voice really doesn't match match what they look like. I think uh, Jason Knight's do that. Maybe it's just just the Irish players that we have. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Neil Smith Rowe for Arsenal is the worst for that. By the way, I, I can remember hearing him talk for the first time on Sky, and I was like, "What?" I <laughs> <laughs> well, then and Cashin, I expected to, to be Irish, and he speaks like a true. Oh, he's, yeah. he's from Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, yeah. God, what a celebration! Story. By the way, oh, I know. That, oh, oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I remember at the end of last season, uh, I was I was stood and there were a couple of us stood chatting to Aaron Cashin. Some Irish people went over and they were like, "Oh, I think we live on the same like road as like your family in Ireland." And he was like, "Oh, cool, cool." And they were like, "Oh, what's your family's name?" And he was like, "The Cashins." (laughs) (laughs) You reckon? Just turned around and pointed at his back. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. but yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what the weirdest thing was about the game yesterday. After our goal went in, they just stopped. I, I, I can't remember yeah. ever seeing that at any game before. Like, I've never seen it. Ironically, they nearly almost scored right at the end. <laughs> but it, they just stopped. It was it was bizarre, wasn't it, Callum? Yeah, I, I mean, when if you compare that to the Plymouth game, it's like completely night and day. A team that's like come, come, comes uh, at us and puts everything at us. And then you got a team that... It's it's almost like they were holding out for the draw as soon as we got the the equaliser, and then as soon as we got the winner, like, oh it, well, there, there we go. And 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 like I said, until we put one on a plate for them, they weren't really affecting us really. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So it was, I mean, it's it's nice because normally the last twenty minutes at a derby game at Pride Park, I'm normally like chewing my fingernails and you know looking away and, and everything to not 
like for their full time whistle and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a small club mentality, isn't it? But you know, <laughs> just, just how it is, just how it is. And you know, yeah, this is that's less at Wick and more at their own. But anyway. Usually we do a predictions thing, but we're not playing for ages now. So it feels a bit stupid to predict like the Cambridge game in like half a month's time. Um, So I was just thinking we're about a quarter of the way through the season almost. Uh, I'd just like to hear the predictions of you lads for where we're going to finish at the end of the season. It can be vague. You can say top six, you can say top half, you can say top 24. That's fine. Wherever you think. Um, Callum, go on, mate. Where do you think? Where do you think we're finishing? I still think we're on track for what I said. I think at one of the early pods that we're gonna we're gonna be top six. Um, I think we will get in there. Um, how where what position that is, I don't know. Um, but I do think we um, have the quality. I think once we get that ticking, then I think we'll get put a, a run together and we'll get up there. But um, I think at the end of the day, the the fans and the team, we've just got to stick with them. At the end of the day, we're like you said, I've heard so many on pods and on, on BBC Radio Derby that we we were we didn't have a club six months ago at one well nearly at that one point. So it's you're getting to a point where you've just got to be grateful that we've got one and it's competing near the top of any league. So whatever position that we finish in this season, I'm happy with. Good stuff, good stuff. And that's that's annoyed me, Callum, because you just made me think of Eric Alonso and Chris Kirshner now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's ruined my evening. That's ruined my evening. Uh, Rob, what do you reckon, mate? I'm, I'm kind of the same boat in terms of we're just grateful to be here, right, after this one that we had. But when you look at it methodically, I think that what he's done is incredible in terms of building a squad, getting that togetherness together and getting us to where we are. When you think about it, though, we're kind of playoffs already or like on goal difference to start side we've not really started yet he's not really gotten ticking and when you actually put that down and think what could happen if he does get a ticking and you go on a bit of a run I still think there's a chance we could be up there I mean we certainly should be playoffs or in, in and around that area I think based on what I've seen it would be disappointing for us to drop away and not be competing but I actually do think if he can once get them ticking, maybe a couple of additions in, in January as well. I think there's no reason why we couldn't get up there. All I'd say to that is, is we probably haven't played your Ipswiches, your Portsmouth, and we will learn a lot once we go to those teams and see how we get on against them. But I'm pretty optimistic. I think if we can stick together, we've got a chance. We've certainly got a chance of getting of being right up there, I think. Good stuff, good stuff. And yeah, to think we're seventh, despite the fact we've not won away from home, is uh, is quite exactly, impressive exactly, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, now the man that never gives his opinion, Dom, <laughs> what are you thinking? Be, be as vague as you want, mate. Do, do whatever you want. I like to do it in the words of, of what people say to me. So uh, Liam Rossini said on Radio Derby on Saturday um, that this group are going for the playoffs. He actually mentioned the top two as well. They're not settling for the playoffs. They want to target that and, and why not um, so I expect them to to fight at the top end of the table towards the uh, promotion places whether that be playoffs or automatic promotion um, and not get drawn into anything mid-table or relegation so I've ruled out all scenarios but I've also looked <laughs> that, that all scenarios could happen so 
There you oh, go. <laughs> Great answer, Tom. If Thank I, you very if much. If only governments were, were, were like you, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that is the best way to dodge a question I have ever Future heard. In politics. I, I could have just gone 24, 23, 22, 21. <laughs> <laughs> Right, lads, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. It's it's been a good laugh. I've enjoyed it all. Um, people listening, thank you very much if you got this far. If you did enjoy, please do consider following us, consider liking us, consider subscribing, whatever you do on whatever app you have. And if you do want to get involved, get in contact on Twitter. We've changed the handle now. Now we're just Rams Talk Podcast, and the, the handle is at Rams Talk Pod. And yeah, lads, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, Jake. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.